Hello and welcome to episode 20 of the Creating Happy Writers podcast. It's the final episode of season one. Can you believe it? Thank you for joining me as we delve into the exciting world of writing and publishing non-fiction books and everything in between. My name is Steph Caswell and I'm an author and writing coach on a mission to help you find confidence and happiness in your writing journey to explore what it means to be a writer. Because writing is more than getting words on a page. It's more than holding your finished book in your hands. It's about the personal journey we go on as writers, the challenges and the triumphs we face on a regular basis. But it's not just about that. I want to empower you to write a book in your niche, to become the go-to expert. Because you can use a book to grow your business and be a thought leader in your field. You just have to know how to do it. I'm also an avid reader and feel we can learn much from the writers who have gone before us. So during these episodes, I'll be sharing books I think you'll love and learn from too. So without further ado, let's start today's episode. I've got a very special episode for you this week. It's a Q&A episode with questions sent in by some of my listeners via social media. I know you're going to find them so helpful as they're questions that I get asked quite often. Now, let me just reassure you about something. It's so common to have questions about writing a book, about the writing process, about publishing, about how to launch your book. All of these things are really common things to want to know the answers to because you've never written a book before. So why on earth would you know how to do lots of the things that you're required to do, that you need to do? So I'm thrilled that we've got some questions here that I know are going to be super helpful. So let's get down to the first question. A brilliant question to kick us off is from Anna Zanadiz, who wanted to know the best strategies for promoting your book. And now there could be a whole podcast series on promoting. So I'm going to do my very best to rein it in and to keep my my answers to this concise. So the first thing you need to consider when promoting a book is starting early. Don't think you need to wait until you've hit publish to start promoting it. The earlier you promote it, the better. Now, I've worked on a launch with a Sunday Times bestseller. And one of the things that I learned from being part of the campaign was how important it is to start talking about your book weeks in advance. (laughs) Now, he started talking about his book three months in advance because he knows that in order to drum up interest and excitement about buying his book, he needs to talk about it a lot before it's even launched. And the one thing that I think is really useful is to pick out three key messages that you think your book really needs to be known for, that you're happy to talk about if you end up getting podcast interviews or guest blog posts or you end up maybe on local radio, anything you're doing for your PR stuff, really pull out just three key things that you want to be able to talk about. Because often when you go on these sorts of things, you've only got a finite amount of time to talk about your books. You just want to pull out the key things. And three is the magic number. So when you're doing your planning for your weeks and weeks of promo before the book's released, 
start thinking about these three key messages and start thinking what are the types of content that I could use to talk more and more about these messages. Now you may feel, and I do come on to this a little bit later, that you're repeating yourself and repeating yourself and repeating yourself. And there is an element of that, but it's important that you do because we assume that people hear things the first time we talk about them. And actually, you know, and I know that on social media, or even if you're on a radio show, the chances of all the people you could possibly want to buy your book, hearing you on that one thing you did, is so slim. So you really need to talk about things over and over. Now your launch week, and the week before, so let's think of it as a launch fortnight, um, they need their own strategy. So you need to think to yourself, right, we're at peak time here for pre-orders, for people to be super excited and chomping at the bit to buy your book. So the fortnight before publication day needs its own strategy and you need to be going, very politely, hell for leather, essentially, around promoting your book. Be that through your own social media, your own platforms, your own website, or be it through being a guest on other people's platforms. But you need to get things booked in and you need to think about it as a strategy in itself. Same as publication day. Have a launch party. People who independently publish don't often have launch parties because they feel like maybe it's a thing that's reserved for the few who are put together by the big publishing houses. Absolutely not. Get yourself a launch party. Get people down there. Invite the local newspaper Get some real, you know, drum up that interest, get people excited and, you know, give away some books at the launch party or have a competition or just do something that is really, really focal for your launch. With PR, I'm not a PR expert. There is a book out there by a wonderful author called Lucy Werner and it's called Hype Yourself. And it's all about how to hype yourself when it comes to being a small business owner. But a lot of what Lucy talks about in that book can be applicable to authors. So, I mean, this is a really run of the run off the top of my head type of ideas. But get onto podcasts, get into publications in your niche, start talking about your book, be a guest on somebody's blog. You know, just really try and think about as many ways to be getting your message out there as possible. And it takes planning. So do not wait until you're about to publish your book. This needs to start happening a few months in advance. Social media is also a huge factor. So really utilise it to your benefit benefit because as much as it's rented land and it's not exactly your property that you're, you know, advertising yourself on, it can do wonders for book sales. If you think of Dr. Julie Smith, she wrote a book called um, Why Has Nobody Told Me This Before? And she was offered a book deal off, off the back of her social media presence on TikTok. Okay, she had millions of followers, but it just goes to show even big publishing houses are expecting you to be able to showcase your book on social media. They value social media. So you, if you're self-publishing or you're hybrid publishing, or even if you are being published by a traditional publishing house, your social media is absolutely crucial to success. So do sneak peeks of your book. You know, show yourself unboxing it when they get delivered by the postman. Do some early readings of a chapter. If you're being traditionally published, you check with your publisher about what they will and won't Uh, let you (laughs) talk about before it's launched get people involved in the cover design if you're independently publishing you know get some votes I did this with dare to write I put out some ideas for cover designs and asked people to vote 
do lives with other people on Instagram, you know, share this, your message with other people's audiences, do countdown stickers in stories. All these kinds of things are really good at drumming up interest. And get people excited by releasing maybe your introductory chapter early and say it's exclusive to people on your email list. And what that does, it gets people onto your email list that maybe weren't on it before and they get a sneak peek about what the book's about. But the most, most, most important thing, and I will keep drumming on about this, is that you have to keep talking about your books, particularly after launch day. People think, oh, it's publication day and that kind of like the wave that you are riding on publication day is going to sustain book sales and it won't. Not even if you are massively popular. Okay, there still has to be an element of pushing book sales long after publication day, forever, for the life of your book. You can't just expect people to find your book without you telling them about it. And and a great example of this is James Clear. He wrote the book Atomic Habits. And in I get a weekly publication called The Bookseller Magazine. And his book Atomic Habits was published in, I believe, 2016 or 2017. It is still in the top five uh, nonfiction books. Still, all these years later, he's selling three, four thousand copies a week just because he's got a brilliant email list. He talks about it all the time. He still refers back to it and he's still doing brilliantly because of it. So you will not sell your book if you do not talk about it. And just I'm going to add in here that I've got a service that might help you called the Launch Clinic. It's a new service I'm putting together and it's to help people with their launches and to think about social media and to give you the advice I've learned from being part of a big campaign with a big publishing house so that hopefully you can take some of the ideas for your books too. Let's move on to question two. Question two is from Dr. Nia Thomas and she asked, what exactly is a hybrid publisher? This is a great question and it's a big question. I could probably do a whole episode on this and I'm hoping in season two to have a hybrid publisher come onto the podcast so that I can ask them lots of questions that are going to be helpful to you. This is almost um, going to cover, well, it will cover actually, the question sent also in by Tracy Taylor who asked about how long it takes for a book to be published with a hybrid contract. So hopefully this section here will help answer Nia's question about what exactly is a hybrid publisher, but also Tracy's question about how long it will take. I'm going to have a little disclaimer. I have never worked directly with a hybrid publisher, so I'm going to say that off the bat. Um, But I've had clients who are working with hybrid publishers or who have inquired about it. In a nutshell, hybrid is a publishing model that combines aspects of traditional publishing and self-publishing, hence why it's called hybrid. It operates um, sort of on a partnership basis. So you will contribute financially to cover the costs of things like publishing, editing, marketing. And in return, hybrid publishers provide professional services. So you might have editing, design, distribution, Uh, book coaching, marketing support. And the idea behind it is that it's supposed to bridge the gap between traditional publishing and self-publishing for authors. So that it's almost this sort of tier below traditional publishing, so to speak. So you've got people who have got the expertise and maybe they used to work in traditional publishing and they're bringing those expertise and those more all-important contacts they have to the hybrid world. Now, hybrid publishing has not always had the best reputation, and I do cover this in one of the earlier episodes of the podcast. 
I believe, let me, I'm going to have a think now, I think it's episode five, but I will just pop that in the show notes. And we talk, I talked a lot about your publishing options and hybrid has sometimes been seen or called in the past vanity publishing because you're paying to be published essentially is what it was suggesting. And there were lots of charlatans out there who took people's money and then didn't deliver on what they were supposed to. It's changed a lot, thankfully. And there are now a lot more reputable companies out there. Uh, People like Rethink Press and Practical Inspiration Publishing, they are big hybrid publishers and they are doing really great things for authors. So do your homework and make sure you're going with somebody reputable. So just a few of the pros and cons before I move on to the next question of hybrid publishing. Basically, you get, you're going to get the professional services. You're, so instead of paying for someone like me, maybe a developmental editor or a book coach, and then paying someone else for editing, copy editing, should I say, someone else to do cover design, someone else to do proofreading, someone else to do formatting, you're getting all of that uh, under the one umbrella of the hybrid publisher. And it will be high quality stuff. You also get some better control than you would if you were traditionally published because you have more um, say in what's in the book because a traditional publisher can almost say, well, well, that's not going in and tough luck, basically. Uh, You also get more say in the cover design um, and the marketing strategies and all that. So you've got more say. There's also a faster publishing timeline. And Tracy, this was your question. Remember, traditional publishing can take up to 18 months to two years to be from conception to um, on the shelf. So let's just remember that hybrid is faster and you can get your book out there much more quickly. So you could it depends. Obviously, all these things do um, on the specific publisher and the complexity of your book, etc. But let's just say on average, it can take anywhere from a few months to a year uh, with a hybrid publisher to get your book out there. And this timeline includes all those stages of publishing, editing, cover design, etc. And also how responsive you are to their demands and requests, should I say, um, to make changes and to to work on your manuscript. So let's say up to a year with a hybrid publisher. You've also got the pros uh, of having expanded market access. So, you know, these people maybe have still got contacts from their time in traditional publishing or they know people in the book selling world and help to get your books into some of the stores out there, which are it's you know really important if uh, that's something that you're targeting. Um, and you also can get better royalties than you would if you were traditionally published. Um, and there is, you know, if you've got a reputable hybrid publisher, like like some from sort of the ones I mentioned before, you know that you know there's that credibility as well that comes with it. And then, unfortunately, there are always cons. There's cons to every type of publishing, so please don't feel as though this is just for hybrid publishing and everything else is magical and rainbows and fairy dust. It really isn't. But the cons of of hybrid or the problems, if you like, with hybrid, it's a financial investment. So you have to bear the financial burden of that. And there's a lot of upfront fees and these can be quite significant. My experience from talking to authors that I work with is some of them are, I've heard, prices of £10,000 to up to almost £25,000 of their own money that they need to invest. And I'm not saying that this is a bad choice. I'm just laying it out there for you so that if you've got that kind of money to invest and you're ready to, to do that, I think hybrid publishing is a great choice for you. But if you haven't got that kind of money, um, it can feel as though um, it's just too much of a, of a step. 
You also obviously are going to get the variation in qualities. You might get some that are better than others. So really do your homework um, and really see who's out there. Get recommendations, talk to people who've done hybrid publishing and what their experiences were. And there's going to be a responsibility, uh, even though you're going to get help with marketing, the responsibility is heavily on the author. And I just want to make this clear, the responsibility is heavily on the author for any route of publishing, even if you're traditionally published and you're traditionally published by a big company, they will still expect you to do a lot of the marketing yourself. There just isn't the budget anymore for these kind of elaborate marketing campaigns that are just put on by the publishing house, unless you are, I don't know. I don't even know. I think James Clear does a lot of his own. So I was about to say James Clear, but think of like somebody maybe in the, say in the, in the children's book world, David Walliams gets a lot of stuff done for him, but he's obviously a massive name at HarperCollins. And then finally, just bear in mind that you need to be really looking and reviewing and understanding the terms of your contract with a hybrid publisher so that you know exactly what you're getting and what you're not, because then you'll know your rights, your royalties, um, how whether you can terminate your contract and, and whether everything is fair and reasonable. And I am really, really encourage you to make sure that's possible for you so that you come out of the experience feeling as though it was something that made you happy, essentially. Just remember, before we move on to question three, your publishing route is your publishing route. It's personal to you. Hybrids do offer a great option if you have that money to invest. Um, and actually, it was episode eight that I've just seen on my notes <laughs> that I put here. Episode eight for your publishing options. So if you want to go back and listen to that episode where I talk about some of this in more detail, do so and it will help you feel a little bit more empowered to make the right decision. Let's move on to question three. Question three is from Vicky Weinberg. And Vicky asked, how do you decide the price of your book? Well, great question, Vicky. Consider the costs of publishing it, essentially. That's the one thing to start with. If you are an indie author or you are maybe a hybrid author, how much you invest in the process, because it is very front heavy when you're doing this yourself. You have to step up and, and provide the money for editing and proofreading and coaching and all the other things. Um, so you need to make sure that when you're pricing your book, it's going to give you some of that money back. And it's, it's a fair reflection of the investment you made. But the most easy way to do it is to look at other people's books in your niche. If you price yourself too low, people might think it's not great quality. Um, whereas if you price yourself well above what everyone else, people be like, well, why are they so much more than everybody else? And people might think you're too expensive. I price mine somewhere in the middle. So essentially what I'm saying to you is sit on the fence. <laughs> Be somewhere in the middle. For a book of about 35,000, 40,000 words, nine ninety nine is a good price. Um, if you're going for longer books, um, perhaps fourteen ninety nine. So you're, I mean, if you've got a real reputation and authority in your niche, then you can charge more, okay? Because people will pay for the fact that you maybe, you know, you've got a PhD or you've got a particular um, label to your name, if you like, that could warrant you charging a bit more. But just remember, your book is a part of your business model where you're trying to invite people to get to know you. And I always say that to people who are writing books for their business. Let this be the opportunity for your audience, your reader, to dip their toe in to working with you. So you don't want to price them to a point where they're like, well, I just wanted to find out a bit more about what this person's like and find out what her thoughts are and her knowledge and her expertise are. But she's now priced it to a point where I'm feeling a bit pissed off about having to pay for that. 
that much to pay, you know, to buy to buy that information. So, you know, just really stick somewhere in the middle of where your contemporaries, your people in your niche are, and that's a good starting point. And then try out different prices. If you feel like you want to increase the price a bit, do it. See what see what happens. You know, everything, as you well know in business, is all about trial and error. You're trying things out. Does this work? Does it not work? Um, and then just see w- which price point sits well, which price point gets people buying um, and that you feel comfortable with and is giving you a return on your investment. And then just always remember, differentiate between your ebook price and your print book price um, because people who read on the Kindle, they're usually slightly cheaper. Um, so, you know, because you haven't got the print costs to consider. So there's no right price is what I'm saying to you. So just do your homework. Um, Vicky, go out, um, decide on your price and just go for it. Don't be held back by a price decision. Just go out there with a price and you can change it if you need to. And then you can also do sales throughout the year. So sometimes you might do like a Christmas sale of your book and you might do like, you know, publication birthday sale. I tend to do in January, sort of a year since or two years since I published that, you know, I'll do a few days of a sale. And you can then reduce the price a bit to get more people in the door, more people onto your email list, and then you can put the price back up again afterwards. So hopefully that was helpful. And then we're moving on to our very last question, which is another question from the wonderful Dr. Nia Thomas. Nia asked, I'm not sure I'm able to afford a proofreader, editor, typesetter, graphic designer. What are the pros and cons of using or not using these professionals? And what's the alternative if you don't have a chunk of cash up front? Great question. Now, everyone comes to publishing from a different financial standpoint, from a different starting point. This is a very understandable question. Now, my feelings are based on helping you get your book out into the world in its best, most polished, professional way possible. So I will, what I'm about to say is my personal opinion. People may disagree with it um, or elements of it, and that's fine. I get that. But if you are publishing in your niche, if you are looking to be seen as a thought leader and as a go-to expert and somebody who really knows what they're talking about, your book needs to give off that vibe in the professional way it's made. Editors are an investment, but they are worth it. And I would say, if you're going to do any of these things uh, or invest in any of these things, the editor really is going to be the one to invest in. Do your research. See if you can find someone, if you're if you're starting from a point where you haven't got a lot of money to put into this, look for somebody maybe who's just starting out as an independent editor. So maybe they've had experience in a publishing house or maybe they've had done some qualifications recently and they're starting out and they're looking for some clients to kind of get their business off the ground, to get some testimonials. Look for people like that because you will find, and I know um, quite a few people who are starting out and they've got brilliant credentials and they, they are really, you know, have excellent attention to detail and things like that. They're just looking for clients to sort of really get them started on this journey of being a business owner. So if you can find somebody like that, you might find the prices are more reasonable. The other thing with an editor is they will probably catch some of what a proofreader would. So you might be able to make a saving there. Now, I know we have loads of proofreaders who are super annoyed at that last comment. And I just want to say that I value a, a proofreader because I know that they will catch 
all those small things that maybe get missed in the editing process. But for the sake of this discussion, it could be that you're able to give it to a friend maybe who is, you know, a somebody who's done, I don't know, an English degree or somebody who's reads a lot and can pick out typos. So it's just about trying to kind of find places and ways to make this more affordable. The one part I would also say, other than an editor, that I feel very strongly about is the cover design. Please avoid, avoid doing this on Canva if you if you can. Look at websites such as 99designs or Upwork or Fiverr. You can find freelancers who will design your cover at a more reasonable price than getting a full-on graphic designer who maybe you know, really specialises in high-end books, okay? There are people out there who are more reasonable. You can also choose an off-the-shelf cover from, there's a website called The Book Cover Designer, and you can basically pick one off the screen and it's a cheaper option. So I would say go for that if, if you aren't able to invest fully in a graphic designer, but please do not do it yourself because you will be able to tell a thousand miles away which books are created by their their person who wrote them in, a, in an attempt to try and save some cash. You want it to look professional, you want it to look good, so even a small investment is going to go a long way than you trying to do it yourself. Um, I do cover more about who you need on your book team in episode 14, so do take a listen to that episode if it'll be helpful. I know it can be an expensive process, but it is worth looking around, doing some research, seeing who's out there, asking around, asking people who've written books, who do they use? And you might find that it actually becomes more affordable. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you to Nia, Anna, Vicky and Tracy for their brilliant questions. It was a cracker to finish the season with this episode. And there's loads for you to go away and think about with regards to publishing and promoting your book. So I'm so excited for you. And if you are at these stages too, I hope you found this super helpful. I'd be so grateful if you could leave a review on your favourite podcast platform. Much like book reviews, podcast reviews can make all the difference in getting more listeners and spreading the Creating Happy Writers message. And if you know another writer who'd enjoy these episodes, do share it with them too. You can also give me a shout out on social media using the hashtag creatinghappywriters. If you'd like to connect, you can find me at creatinghappywriters.com and on Instagram and Facebook at creatinghappywriters. If you'd like further support to write a book in your niche, you can buy a copy of my book, Dare to Write, How to Confidently Write a Nonfiction Book to Grow Your Business, which takes you on the journey from initial idea to publication. Join the community by subscribing to my fortnightly newsletter, The Right Stuff full of ideas and advice about writing and publishing. All links for these are in the show notes. So until next time, happy writing. <laughs>